Hi there, and welcome to episode 37 of the... What? 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 What was I that? Still, I was sticking my fingers up at you. I forgot ah, we'd start. Okay. Okay. We'll just keep going. Episode 37 of the ADHD Adults podcast. I'm James Brown, co-founder of ADHD Adult UK. And sadly, again, I'm joined by the complete bell end of a human being that is Alex Connor. Hi, Alex. Mystic with a bump and flex, James, because we're on TikTok now, so I'm going down with the youth. No, that's, that's not right. I, I haven't. What? what? Honestly, we're, the complaints we're going to get for that, Alex, <laughs> are going to be incredible. Well done. You've single-handedly taken this podcast off the air, I reckon, with that. Yeah. Brilliant. On that note, thankfully, I've never got to do this podcast with you again. And I'm in a much happier mood, by the way, um, compared to last week. So how are you? I'm tip top, thank you. Yeah, I still can't believe we have 13 full listeners. <laughs> I like to remember we our numbers are ridiculously high, considering you know what it is, the shit that it is. Uh, but I realise there are about 175 million people with ADHD in the world. So whilst our numbers are high, they probably represent a really quite niche group of adults with ADHD who enjoy unprofessional nonsense. And one of them, James, has sent me a letter. No, they haven't. <laughs> no, it's from Robert from Kidderminster. Yes, it says. Ooh. Yeah, it says. Can you tell everyone that James was actually head boy at a private school? I don't know why he <laughs> pretends to be working class, as we expected. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. I mean that is, that is objectively not true. I went to Harry Cheshire High School in Kidderminster, which mm. was not in any way good, or even or even whatever comes below good you know, acceptable. It was a, a shit school and I was a shit student. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, and, and that was Harrow, was it? <laughs> right. I have a real message, though, from Carol. James, I got permission. I did my admin work. Whoa. Unbelievably. And it says, <laughs> Alex, <laughs> you are a legend. Your honesty, openness Fuck and candid humour around your daily struggles is a joy to behold. Both you and James have made such a difference in my own ADHD acceptance. As my late mum always said, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. So laugh. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to give our listeners a little bit of insight into how these comments get picked in that I screen capture and upload any nice messages that we get. And then Alex chooses what to put in. And you've chosen one that starts off with Alex, you're a legend, and which gives most of the credit to you, you fucking narcissist. The only one I've asked permission as well to read it. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, not my words, on. James. The words of Carol. <laughs> and uh, also, with 108, I'm, I'm uh, slightly giddy because last week you were so angry, and it's nice to have normal James back. Just, just faintly miserable. Yeah. We have 108 countries listening to our miserable drivel, James. Right. With that in mind, we would like to say a hearty ham jambo and caribouni. To our friends who speak Swahili, I've, I've either said hello and welcome, or I've cancelled myself. <laughs> Ham jambo can't be right, can it? I mean, I mean, is this a Google Translate thing? Is it? No. It's, it's well, you just point. know, you just, you just know their language. What? Well, you... A different website. Oh, oh, oh a different. Okay. Well, either, either way, um, yes. Hello to our friends who speak Swahili. I think that's brilliant. That again, they would waste their time listening to us. Mm. Oh dear. As usual, <clears throat> this clammy three-week-old sandwich wrapped in cling film of the podcast is a tragedy in three parts, which is a theme. And last week, um, Angry James and 
thick Alex, talked about um, the external stigma that's associated with it. Alex has just fucked off, by the way, off the screen. I've got no idea where he is. You hear the cat squeaking to me later. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. Now I've lost my place. Last week we talked about the external stigma that people with ADHD often often face. Um, and this week, as a as a, a part of a double fister, we're going to talk about um, internalized stigma. So this is stigma part two, if you like. As usual, the three parts include Alex, the psychoeducation monkey, delivering some very loosely termed evidence-based psychoeducation. Our personal reflections on internalized stigma for ADHD, and then the final bit where we say spunk trumpet 200 times because nobody listens. Yeah. So, Alex, you faced what I would say is pretty justified stigma for much of your life. <laughs> but if we, th- if we think just about your ADHD, is there anything that you can say to hold my attention for more than four seconds? Thanks, James. Yes. So ADHD and self-stigma. No, sorry, you've, you've already lost me there, Alex. That was, just, <laughs> that was just, that was awful. That's right, James. I'm going to define what we mean by self-stigma here. As we said last week, the stigma we face from outside, family, medical people, online, etc., is is public stigma and the stigma our network around us faces by association is, is courtesy, courtesy stigma. And when we were doing that, James, your top tip last week seemed to just tell everyone to go fuck themselves and then dropping the C-bomb about four times. Yeah, I, I got cross. And just to clarify, I was telling everybody without ADHD to go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right. So today we're focusing on self or internalized stigma. We think maybe slightly unscientifically that the self stigma is arguably even more dangerous than stigma from other people. I don't think we've met an adult with ADHD yet who hasn't said at some point, I'm probably just shit. I'm an ADHD imposter. This is just an excuse for me, whereas it's a reason for other people. I should be able to do these things if I wasn't so lazy. Apart from for James, this is always wrong. And that is always internal. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that because it was I, normally I'm not listening. That was subtle enough that I mean, you may have got away with it, but I heard it. Well, Alex, well done. <laughs> chapeau, sir. Chapeau. Thank you. So when we start to believe these common stereotypes about ADHD, when we hear those all the myths that uh, the myths, and, and then we start to take them on board, either consciously or not, when we listen to that imposter voice, then it can it is a proper James. I think I'm using the correct term here: ball ache. Uh, that is correct. Thank you. Easy <laughs> dent of swearing that you are. Despite limited research in the area of self-stigma, there there is some findings. So on internalized stigma, research suggests that in the UK, young adults largely due to external bullying and negativity they receive, they report feeling distressed, which then negatively affected their self-esteem and negatively affected self-confidence. So essentially what it's saying is we hate ourselves because of the hate we receive. One interview-based study suggested that the passing of time and changes in social networks and even changes in the degrees of recovery, they were associated with changes in experience of self-stigma. So the question is, what can we do about it? I mean, the first thing is, well, this, this for starters, listen and then and then talk about it. In some cases, if, if the, sorry, James. Are you saying listen that- to us? Are you saying listen to us? I mean, that's not good advice for anybody, is it, really? <laughs> Yeah, no, listen to us and do the exact opposite. Get, get engaged in the community. Um, definitely don't stop with listening to us. For the love of God, please, no. 
but listening to lots and lots of there's so many great resources out there of which this is a shit one <laughs> in some i need to say in some cases if internalized stigma is affecting your mental state it might be worth seriously considering cbt cognitive behavior therapy or, or other uh, evidence-based therapies Obviously, this isn't available to everyone due to financial constraints, long waiting lists on your health surface, or in my case, and this isn't a joke, the admin needed to find a CBT therapist. A therapist, James, is a special person you talked about your mental health all day. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but in the script, it says, duh, duh, I'm stupid. <laughs> this is this is the problem when I let you amend scripts before. before I shouldn't be allowed, you know. No, you really fucking shouldn't. Um, I do know what a therapist is, Alex. I've got one finally. <laughs> if you if you read out some of the things I wrote, that is re a really bad. I'd lose, I'd lose my actual real job. Yeah, you would. You really would. <laughs> that is my shtick, though, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. You're, you're very one dimensional, Professor James. Right. You're, you're very one dimensional, Al. I am. The, the point, really, isn't it? Is that, is that self stigma comes from externalized stigma, and 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 dealing with it is different, but the mm. the root cause is the same. I think it is, particularly when you take into account the fact that most of us have low self esteem, oh, and yeah. if you've got if you've got low self esteem, then you often automatically put the thoughts and words of others above your thoughts and words. So if people, if you read that it's just a bandwagon, you're more, you're probably, this isn't evidence, but you're probably more likely to think, well, maybe I did trick the psychiatrist. Maybe, you know, I didn't have many symptoms as a child and I, and I can just remember being told I was hyperactive. Maybe I'm not ADHD. Because of that low self-esteem, you will give more weight to the opinions of others when actually it's completely valid. I still think that every day. I just lost it then because of writing duh, duh, I'm stupid on you. I'm so sorry. But no, I do. I agree, James. I think that all the time still, every day, which is crazy. Yeah. Can I just point out for those who aren't watching on YouTube, by the way, and it took me, I think, three minutes to notice this, that Alex's background is Johnny Bravo, and that's because I've had my hair dyed blonde and it's normally in a quiff. So thanks for that, Al. I'll take being Johnny Bravo. All James, days. I don't know who it is. I googled blonde okay, funny yeah. comedian. Like I, I forgot. Joke. I forgot. I forgot cultural reference points. I have no people. idea who it is. Who's Who's the donkey from Midsummer Nights? I can't remember the the end of that name. Midsummer Nights Dream was it? Um, I'm trying to find an insult for you that you'll understand because I can't. I can't call you Captain Caveman or anything since the 18th century. So I'm trying to help me out. Al, help me out. The donkey. <laughs> there was a dead thick one in a midsummer night something by Shakespeare. I can't remember the name of it because I'm really thick. Wow. <laughs> was it bottom? I don't know. <laughs> this is dead air, Alex. You realize that. <laughs> you try to do a Shakespeare-based insult. I know. Because I, because you've you've got no reference points for the 20th or 21st century. No, but I can do more than the. Do you remember, do you remember Gripper Stepson in in um the fucking I've forgotten the name of that Grange Hill. Gripper. No. <laughs> I think we should just right. Just... <laughs> uh, listen, out dumb spot. We're going to part two with a break. Hello and welcome back to episode 37 of the ADHD Adults Podcast. This is part two of a special double header, James, not Fister, <laughs> where we're talking about stigma. 
Um, last week we talked about externalized stigma. This week itself are internalized stigma. So professional, professional, personal reflections, James, on self-stigma. Have you finished drinking your water, you unprofessional sod? It was it was Vimto, actually. Um, mm. No, I haven't as well. This took me a while to think about, largely because you came up with the subject and therefore it's it's not rewarding to me to engage with it. But yeah. also because I think my journey with ADHD was different to a lot of people's. Obviously, you, as we all know, as the story goes, that you phoned me up whenever it was, eight years ago or something, told me you've been diagnosed with ADHD and said the immortal words, and you are more ADHD than I am. And I then, like me. I mean, yeah, it, it, it does sound very much like you mm. back then when you weren't as semi-professional as you are now. And that gave me the opportunity to do the ASRS test. And yeah, everything was in the gray boxes. And I thought, oh, OK, I probably am. But what I thought I did was then just put it away and leave it because I thought I'm doing all right. I just got promoted at work. I'm in a semi happy relationship with Mrs. ADHD. Not much going wrong there. Got a lot of debt, but I've always had debt. I didn't think a lot about it. But actually, when I think back, what I didn't realize at the time, even though I, th I thought it, I didn't pay enough attention to it. There was a very real reason I didn't go for a diagnosis. And, and that was that I thought that I would have to take medication that would, and this is massively um, contradictory because I hate myself. I thought I would take, I have to take medication that would turn me into a dull robot. And maybe robot. <laughs> Thank you, Al. And, and therefore, I created, based on a stigma that I actually wasn't aware of at the time. It may, it may have seeped in subconsciously, but I wasn't aware of medication stigma. I wasn't aware of this idea of Ritalin being bad. As somebody mm. who has abused substances in the past, I don't see the difference between pharmaceutical drugs and other drugs in many cases. So it, now looking back, I clearly had created this internal stigma that if you take these tablets, they're going to change you as a person. And that is going to directly kind of ruin your life or affect your relationship. So I'd internalized this external stigma around ADHD meds, which, let's be honest, isn't really warranted because they do fuck all, to be honest, the meds. <laughs> seriously, though, they do fuck all. No, seriously, actually, they do help most of us. And yeah, yeah. actually one of the only neurological medications proven to be effective. Is that what you are. meant? Yeah, that, that's what I meant. And, and yeah. therefore, that the hesitation around medication that i had was was unwarranted but it stopped me looking for a diagnosis for probably seven years and I, i've spoken to you about this as well it's not like i forgot what adhd is because when a colleague of mine we talked about before eric was really struggling i said to him you've got adhd i think try one of these self-tests and he did it and got a diagnosis and it had a massive impact on his life so i was fully aware that it was there but I just suppressed the possibility that I might have it because of this internalized monologue that they'll give you medications, medications will change you, even though you hate yourself. And that stopped me from, from really kind of accepting it. Before my diagnosis, when I knew I had ADHD, largely from, oh God, the help that I received from you in many ways, I can't, I can't add an insult to that, can I? Not really. Yeah, you twat. We'll go with that. Yeah, so largely because of, because of the help that I received from you in many ways, you twat. Um, yeah. I fully embraced my ADHD even before it was diagnosed. I knew I had it. I knew the diagnosis was going to be positive. But interestingly, since then, and I'm not even talking about the, oh, I've cured domestic anxiety and then a week later I haven't. But 
But there are days now and again, and actually today is one of those days where I give myself untold shit for doing things that yesterday I didn't do or the alternative for not being able to do something that I did do yesterday. And although that's just crossing into a lack of emotional acceptance, I will use words like thick. I'm waiting for you to join in. It's so painful, like thick, lazy, stupid, forgetful, idiot. Ugly. Ugly. Yeah, exactly. Fat, (laughs) Um, et cetera. Um, To label myself internally when, when I know, I know I've got ADHD and yesterday when I would have done similar things, maybe not as many times, I wouldn't have said that. I would have just, as we have de-weaponized it, laughed at the fact that it took me nine goes to drink a cup of tea. Equally as well, I'm in a new job and I haven't quite yet got to the kind of fuck it stage that I did in my previous job where I, I accepted that I could say no, that I could, um, I didn't have to act like a people pleaser. I didn't have to say yes to everything, largely because of RSD, and then hating myself for doing that. So, so even though I'm, I'm I'm blissfully happy in my new job, and it was the right move. There are still points of time where I am almost reverting back to the person I was in my old job years ago before I got a diagnosis, where I'll, I'll take something on or not or not say no, or not stand up for my ADHD, and then hate myself afterwards for doing that, and then feel useless and and a coward and and ashamed, and all these negative thoughts, even though most of the time I'm happy. So I think it's complicated. There definitely is some internal stigma that I probably suppressed alongside all the other shit I've suppressed for years, which just pops its head up now and again. And I will say to people, I have (laughs) sort I will say I've pretty much sorted out my ADHD apart from social in social arenas. And I clearly fucking haven't, as we always as we always say. But that that internal bit, it's only when I was asked to write this this personal reflection that has gone on far too long, Alex, that that I dredged this up. It's only when I had to think about it that I thought, no, you do. You do give yourself shit still. And you're telling the people you coach and you're telling people on social media not to give themselves shit and you're doing it yourself. I love the fact as well that when I asked you to do this bit of the script, you said, well, I don't feel any self-stigma. Exactly. And I I genuinely thought that. And then I went, oh, hang on. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm that. Yeah, I'm that. What about you, Alistair? Well, thank you. Yeah, good question. Loads. Medical, uh, medication stigma's massive for me. Um, I, I'm always, you know, hypochondriac really, and I'm always worried about it's going to hurt my heart, which which there's not a lot of evidence for. There's some cardiovascular changes in blood pressure they have to watch out for, but I worry a lot about medication. I like the idea of living a, a life that is not masked for a neurotypical world and medication feels sometimes a bit like that is that like a 17th century life where you're a feudal lord and you can get to know all the kings and queens i imagine that's the life you want to lead well that's a really good point but more like uh like a a middle ages lawyer so they've been in the the upper middle class but they'd still share a bench and eat you know cottage for example but with chunks of meeting this isn't what we're talking about though is it Honestly, that was completely unscripted. And you've just made my day. You've made my day, Alex. Please continue. So, but I do. I, I do have. I. I still have medication stigma. I want to feel free to live, medication free. But I don't know if I was a millionaire. You know, with with a butler and a cleaner and all those things. I don't know if I would take the medication. I. I, I think I probably would. Outside of medication, so many. 
I can't tell you how many times every day I still question whether I am actually a fraud. I truly believe that ADHD is a thing. It clearly is scientifically and emotionally. Imagine if I didn't. <laughs> what <we> do. <laughs> well, it'd be, it'd be easier for me to get a new co-host, to be honest. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> Sackable offence in this game, mate, that is. Welcome to This Ain't Real, adult. <laughs> what my brain does often, though, is it makes an exception of myself through internalized stigma, often because of maybe one shared thing other people have that I don't. So I'm an early riser, for example. I get up at half past four, five o'clock. I can't have ADHD then, because everybody else isn't. I'm also quite good with money. Can't have ADHD then, you know. But the reason is because I didn't grow up with any, and and I I know you didn't either, James, but I'm so terrified to get emotional reward from, you know, from being a minimalist, and that's why, but... Sometimes I just think it's because I'm I'm absolutely fraudulent. I think I always will. Probably okay. On on a positive note, I've had to align myself with what I can't do, and what, more importantly, what I can do. I'm pretty blessed. So what I don't do is put myself in harm's way of the self stigma. So I don't allow myself to be in a position where people can judge me for those things that I stigmatize myself for, like. It's really routine for people at work to say, oh, can you sit on this committee that's, you know, just a virtual committee where you have to fill in forms? And I go, I'm not going to do that because I'm doing something else that's of value and valued, not because I'm sat swiveling in a chair. And so that's how I try and deal with it. Can I, I I just want to add to your personal reflections with, I think I may have said this before on the podcast, but the moment... One, you said recently on a podcast, I'm going to say this again, I'm going to say this every fucking episode, mate. You said recently uh, on the ADHD as Females podcast, which is brilliant, by the way, tune into it. No, I've never heard of it. You said, you said that my diagnosis was almost more important than yours because of what happened for you afterwards. Yeah. And what I'm going to say now, which luckily isn't giving you praise, it's the opposite, but it equally tells you the importance of you, is one of the most important things I learned with ADHD is that even the most kind of head screwed on people people you think have sorted out their adhd are fucked up i had the um pleasure of spending a couple of days with alex and where we stayed in the same accommodation and before this i genuinely thought he's got it all sorted he's had years to get used to this he always comes across as in control when he coaches me he self-coaches he coaches other people i never really see you know the adhd side of him fuck me those two days were just ADHD central, and a lot of it was was chastising yourself. A lot of it was it was it was okay in that meeting because you know after an hour I had to get up and move around, you know, and I feel really bad. It's like yeah, you're in a room full of people with ADHD. It was completely fine, and I and I know <clears throat> from again this is a story that you you told in a recent podcast. I know how you self chastise over the most ridiculous things. When I had to take you to the this to the shops, the supermarket, yeah. Yeah, to the supermarket, and you hadn't well, you had written a list, but then you didn't buy the main thing you went to do. I, could, I mean, you you outwardly were saying, "What a fucking idiot! I can't believe I did that." And I, and, and Again, I, though. Yeah, and I just had to say, yeah. Al, you've got ADHD. 
I know. And I still I sometimes say it to myself a lot because you keep saying it. I do have yeah. to remind myself. Yeah. We are freaks, aren't we? I mean, that's I'm the truth. That's I, I like the word freak. If you don't, I apologize. But I'm well, you just you're just talking about me and you. Obviously, everyone else is, is just it's just normal, but they have ADHD. Anyway, <laughs> enough of sharing our reflections. In the script, it says no time for the game today. Instead, Alex wants to read a poem, which is of course bollocks. <laughs> so instead, we will move on to today's game of what's James lost, forgotten, mislaid. Um, this week. Now, this is actually related to the ADHD tax episode we did recently. And I worked out this morning how completely mental this is. So how many pairs of scissors, Alex, do we have just in the kitchen drawer because I keep losing them and rebuying them? Okay, so how many pairs of scissors are just in the kitchen drawer? Is it A, three? Is it two, five? Or is it... The final option, seven. Three, five, or seven pairs of scissors. So that's six, ten, or fourteen scissors. <laughs> I think. Hang on, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why we called them pairs of scissors. That was all. Yeah, it's one like half of a scissor, a scissor. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're a pair of twats, clearly, but there are two of us, although we are sometimes joined at the hip. Anyway, I yeah. digress. So three, five, or seven, Alex. Well, I mean, this is one of the guess ones that Ash and Maria don't like. I'm sorry. I... I'm, I'm sorry. I did. I'm sorry. I didn't write a quiz that people didn't like because I had five minutes to write it and happened to oh, know. No one has ever liked this quiz. Come on. I, well, uh, I can. At least two people have emailed in saying they liked the quiz. So, I think three pairs of scissors. Do you know what? I'm only going to do one insult with the same answer, and it is. It must take more than six pairs of scissors to cut that awful, awful haircut. So I'm saying seven. And you're wrong. It's five. Oh. There's five, 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 all pretty much the same kind of size of like, you know, general. Yeah. General scissors, five pairs of scissors. And that's just in the general kitchen scissors. drawer. Yep. Three more pairs in my stationary drawer in the cupboard, a couple of pairs in the bedroom. It's like scissor central. That sounds bad. We've it got really lots, we've got lots of scissors in the house, largely because I keep when I can't find them, just going to the pound shop and buying them. Anyway, on that note, that's the end of part two. We'll be back in part three to talk a load of bollocks about top tips or something. And scissors. Welcome back to part three of what are you laughing at? <laughs> Welcome you can't back. do you can't do what you did in the break and then ask me what I'm laughing at on okay. live. On. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, welcome back to part three of episode thirty-seven of the ADHD Adults Podcast, where we're talking about that internalized stigma that we often have. And as usual, we finish off with some top tips. The good ones come first from Alex, and then really not so good ones will follow from me. So, Alex, what would your top tips be on internalized stigma of ADHD? <laughs> on the script I've written uh, get new co-host for shit podcast needs normal hair <laughs> but that, and, I meant to delete that and then it's a wanker which you must yes, have written I, yeah I think it did 47 we're 47 so James do you I think we should actually rename the podcast emotional acceptance blah 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 yeah in, in this case one of the things that needs accepting isn't just your own ADHD it is the existence of ADHD Mm. that this is real and that you, you do in fact have it or traits of it. Even if, and I want to make this perfectly clear, even if you do say Jehovah, <laughs> wait, no, 
even if that's you don't have a diagnosis. That's a cultural reference point from the last century. I'm, I'm amazed. Well done. Thanks, mate. So well, even if you don't have a diagnosis or aim to get one or even think that you would reach diagnosis threshold, that doesn't matter. Your traits are real. Your lived existence is real. And that accepting that it is not easy. It's not easy for us. It's not easy for anyone. I, 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 none of that matters. It isn't wrong. You are the expert. And that's the main thing, really. Just for scientific completeness, because, you know, I'm the psychoeducation knobhead. Um, ADHD might not be real in terms of a single thing. It probably isn't, in fact. It's arguable that I think in 20 years we'll call it something else and it'll be split into three things. But this neurodevelopmental disorder that we all have and maybe have different flavours of is real. That's what I mean. Um, I, I have self-stigma about skepticism towards ADHD medication and my top tip would be the first thing is to do do your do your homework and have a look there's papers showing it is effective and it, what is effective for adults and that the side effects are relatively minor even with long-term use and like some psychiatric medicine like lithium or whatever so that's it James really just just that that accept motion accept your ADHD traits and that it is real what about you old chap I zoned out so long ago in that in that bit of the podcast. I've got no idea what you said. I'm sure it was good though. Well, I'm not. Thanks. I'm not sure at all. Okay, so so last week we talked about as a top tip writing a letter to yourself about your ADHD. Um, and what I'm going to say as a as a tip this week is is you can use this also as a tool to maybe try and counteract some of that inner skepticism or stigma that you've got. So write down anything. So first of all, if you do have these negative thoughts about yourself, if you do think, well, oh, maybe I haven't got ADHD, maybe I am just like Alex, dead, thick and lazy. You yeah. know, maybe, maybe I've just got bad memory. When you have these thoughts, write them down and then counter them by writing something positive about yourself. And there is, there is you know, a little bit of evidence that both in writing thoughts down and in trying to, to counter them with positive uh, thoughts or facts about yourself can actually help you. The next thing I would say is, and this sounds really obvious, but it's true. Thoughts aren't real. Just because you think something doesn't mean it's a thing. Alex thinks he's funny. And objectively, in the most objective terms ever, he is objectively not funny. But he thinks he is. So that just gives you enough, all the proof you need that thoughts aren't real. So if you think these things about yourself, they, it doesn't mean they're true. They're just thoughts. So by writing them down and trying to counteract them with evidence, using that letter that you've written, hopefully, to yourself about your ADHD, that can help you try and fight off these thoughts. The last thing I want to say is, yeah. did you, sorry, did you want to uh, say something, just, Alex? Just that the, a friend of the charity, Maria, said to me recently, you know, the, the, those thoughts, the sort of RSD and those, oh, you, the, when I have a, a thought and someone criticizes me that isn't real, she said, you know, that is you, right? That is your brain. There isn't actually a real person. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's just my, it's just not real. Exactly. exactly. And that's why trying to just acknowledge that fact that the negative thoughts you're having, the the thoughts, you can't measure them. You can't weigh them. They're not, they're not tangible and they can be changed. I'm just going to finish off because quite a few people have got in touch when they've been going through the diagnostic process just before or just after, particularly saying one thing that gets repeated a lot. And that is... 
I think I'm going to, or I'm scared I'm going to trick the psychiatrist, or I'm scared I tricked the psychiatrist. Yeah. And again, it comes from that internalized stigma that maybe I haven't got ADHD and and maybe I'm just I just know how to game the system, etc. What I say to those people is remember all those steps you went through to get a diagnosis. Do you remember all that evidence that you needed to provide to get a diagnosis? Do you remember how long you waited to get a diagnosis? And then Sometimes you think, well, maybe I tricked the psychiatrist. Well, actually, if you if you write that thought down, I tricked the psychiatrist and then counteract it with um, I had to provide all this evidence to get a diagnosis that I had to wait. Christ, if you're lucky, 12 months to get a diagnosis <laughs> and, you know, try and understand that actually your ADHD is valid you are valid and yes you might have these thoughts around maybe i'm a fraud it's it's very unlikely psychiatrists do not hand out um diagnoses willy-nilly people in the general public might think oh there's a bandwagon psychiatrists don't they just think i've got to see more patients and you know and some people don't get diagnosed with adhd because they are either sub-threshold or it's something else so if you did get that diagnosis try and counteract any of that negative thoughts with look what I had to go through to get here. I know. And you're just sharing what is real about it. Sorry. Sorry. I was, I I got excited. and That was lack of cognitive inhibition. Everybody. I've probably done a podcast on it. Well done. Right. We've got just time for the product recommendation of the week and Roxanne got in touch with us. I think this is, this is really good. And it's obviously better than the ones that we do because somebody else came up with it. So Roxanne told us about Monzo Bank. Now, you may have seen a piece of research in The Guardian a few weeks ago talking about some of the costs of debts associated with having ADHD. And it was actually Monzo Bank that did that piece of research. But what Roxanne told us is that they genuinely seem to be neurodivergent friendly, asking her questions like, do you find your ADHD affects anything in particular? And we can look at helping with overspending or impulse spending, etc. So not only have they done this research into ADHD and the ADHD tax, but they actually seem to actively help you when you're setting up a bank account to try and make sure they take into account your ADHD. Compare this to, or let's say, for example, HSBC, who we've been waiting for six months for a fucking charity bank account. And I'm a blue tick, Alex, which I know really winds you up and had to out them on Twitter to get a response. Um, or Go on. Go on. I was going <laughs> to say we're in the pocket of big finance, but that's a real thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and we're definitely we're actually outside their pocket. They've 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 you know they've given yeah. up the possibility of taking. We're, we're constantly asking if we can be in the pocket of big finance. Is Monzo one of the Muppets, James? Do you again, it? Alex? You you weren't you weren't obviously cognitively available during the twentieth century, so you're not going to get any cultural reference points from then. So yes, Monzo was in the Muppets. He was the lead character. He was an elephant. Oh, yeah. So, so I'd, a big thank you to Roxanne who told us about Monzo Bank. If you are looking to change, at least check them out because if you've got ADHD, it seems like they take things seriously. On that note, that's everything for episode thirty-seven of the ADHD Adults, which was part two of our double fister, uh, where we talked about internalized stigma and ADHD. As usual, if you've got any questions, suggestions for new podcasts, or you, you just want to tell us you, you're going to stop listening to us because we used to be good, but we're starting to lose it, then contact us on the socials at ADHD Adult UK on Instagram, which is good because I run it, Twitter, which is not so good because Alex runs it. And we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, all.